I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion, a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion uh, and not just recording in my basement. It's where I read the hottest in public domain books and short stories. This week, we're reading Piggly Wiggly by Anonymous. Is he anonymous? Well, I'll explain that in just a minute. Uh, also, I was kind of realizing this whole Leaves of Glen Mansion uh, it's just the, the bit's getting longer and longer. I don't know what to call this anymore. At first I called my, my little show Leaves of Glen because I thought it'd be funny to be Glen, but also uh, make a call back to Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. But um, now it's just got weird when I put the mansion thing on it. I don't know. Like, uh, it, I, What else am I going to add to it? The more this bit expands, the title is going to keep getting longer and longer. I gotta figure my shit out at some point. How the hell am I ever uh, gonna make a career out of this? No, let's be honest. I'm not gonna make a career out of this. About the author, anonymous. He's not anonymous. I actually know this person personally. Uh, back in the year of 1999, I got my first corporate job, uh, and then that job went under. I was doing web design. That was back when literally people that I worked with had the titles for their job, which would be webmaster or pearl guru. Things that nobody says anymore. Um, really dumb things. So uh, I wound up working at this one place, and then that place went under. And I met a couple friends from there that I still stay in touch with, which is weird because it's been so goddamn long. Um, but then I moved on to a second company, a hip, trendy company downtown Minneapolis. And so I worked there for a while uh, in a you know, cool environment. It was like an old warehouse thing with wooden beams everywhere. And oh God, it was so cool. Everything smelled like wood. Everything smelled like oppression of workers from the 1890s. It was fantastic. As so we worked there all the time, uh, I guess there was a radio station in this building at one point. I don't know. Because uh, I remember we used to go up the elevator uh, with a big glass front on the elevator, you could like see these this radio station where the radio show hosts in the early morning, uh, they were in this like glass room that just kind of hung out over all the wood beams, and boy, we'd stare at them. Oh, what are they talking about? What kind of fun morning drive conversations are they having? What kind of sound effects are they using in the middle of their conversation? Probably a foghorn, if someone says something stupid, I'd imagine. Who knows? But um, then I go to my job, and there was this one man that I worked with. We... Uh, didn't sit next to each other, but we sat nearby. We worked together on a few projects. He was a nice person. And, uh, and then after a while he said, uh, and we, you know, we joked around and everything like that. And after a while he said, well, I'm moving away. And I said, oh, why, why are you moving away? He goes, cause I wanna. So he's moving to another state. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, hey, uh, the year is 2000. Maybe, uh, can you show me 
uh, how to how to make a blog. And so he showed me how to install blogging software before WordPress was a thing and uh, showed me how to install it and set it up and everything like that. What a nice guy. Uh, but then in the end, he uh, moved away and I never saw him again. Uh, but we've stayed in touch this entire time. He's really into writing. He's a nice guy that writes a lot of stuff. Uh, he does all sorts of little side projects. We even had a little side project together for a while. Uh, just a nice person. So after all these years, uh, we've still stayed in touch. Uh, uh, fun fact about the author, I have not seen this person's face or even a photo of this man uh, since uh, in person in the year 2000. Uh, we've uh, been had a long-distance friendship. It's been going on this long, and I have no idea what this person looks like. And uh, he might know what I look like because he's followed my social medias and stuff in the past. Kind of weird. Uh, he's a reclusive person, but a very nice person. So I do have his website, which is which is ver- vermisilitude, versimilitude, versimilitudino.us. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Definitely go check out his work and read his stuff. It's pretty good. I've enjoyed it. And uh, why, don't we, why don't we just dive into the story? Ah, there you go. You got yourself all uh, settled here in the library of the Leaves of Glen Mansion. A bit that'll never stop getting old. Uh, as we're going to read Piggly Wiggly. Luke Skywalker, uh, no relation, sprinted around the corner. The homicidal mob not far behind. Uh, if the doors are open, I'm home free, he thought. If not, well, better not to think about it. Uh, if not. The doors weren't open. In fact, Luke came to an abrupt halt about halfway down the aisle when five people appeared in front of the door. Luke looked behind him and saw the mob rounding the corner. Uh, When they saw him trapped, ooh, they slowed, then stopped. Yeah, crap, thought Luke. I'm uh, going to die in the pet food and uh, party supplies aisle of uh, Piggly Wiggly. Uh, grab him, the leader of the mob snarled. Her name was Patty Olfson. Uh, up until an hour ago, she had been the cashier in charge of helping people check out the self-service station. Now, oh, she was the cult leader in charge of helping people check out. Dot, dot, dot. Permanently. Oh, a lot had happened in the last hour. Uh, Luke tried catching his breath. Uh, he hadn't had to run like that since high school gym class two decades ago. But he put his hands on his knees and asked, between gasps, "Uh, Why is it, he huffed, that every time you need a human sacrifice, he puffed, you choose an unbeliever? Unbeliever, echoed the mob in dull, lifeless voices, uh, slowly raising their right hands in unison to to point at Luke. "Ah, Okay, that's creepy, said Luke, putting his hands on top of his head. He vaguely remembered the Olympic sprinters doing at the end of races to increase oxygen flow. Or or was he supposed to put his hands on his hips instead? Grab him, yelled Patricia uh, Olsen, sticking with uh, what she knew. (laughs) The mob started moving toward Luke, slowly, inexorably. Uh, uh, Wait, said Luke, taking his hands off his head and holding them out toward the mob. Uh, I mean, really. Uh, wouldn't it be better if the sacrifice was 
uh, someone who believed uh, instead of an unbeliever? Unbeliever, echoed the mob again, stopping and, and raising their hands in unison to point at Luke. Oh, ah, so creepy, repeated Luke, as the mob once again started moving toward him. Uh, I mean, if, uh, if an unbeliever... Unbeliever, echoed the mom again, uh, stopping and raising their, their right hands in unison to point at Luke. You know, if I could just take a moment here uh, to just kind of reflect on the fact that this author, a person who refuses to give their name, uh, has uh, kind of painted a post-apocalyptic picture, uh, hinted about how the leader of this cult used to be a cashier. Uh, it's kind of like a, a weird Walking Dead scenario, except uh, instead of mindless zombies, um, instead it's people that you can actually talk to. Um, but does that ever work? Have we learned in the last, I don't know, three years that fanatics are people you can reason with? No. Uh, which brings to mind one thing I always thought whenever I watched The Walking Dead is that uh, these people, you, it's easy. You got zombies, and in this situation, uh, just kind of mindless uh, cult people. You, uh, you just make a secure area. Just make a wall, a wall around you. Not like a Trump wall, like a ridiculous wall, but like a big, big wall to keep fanatics from actually getting at you in a small area, like around your backyard, that kind of thing. Um Seems fine, uh, but also you lose something in that. Much like prisons, uh, where people are behind walls all the time. Oh, it's dreary, it's dark, uh, you got these big stone walls everywhere, or even those like creepy fences. Uh, the best thing you could do is get a glass wall. Where can you get a glass wall to protect yourself against zombies and also, I don't know, fanatics? Well, I can tell you. <sighs> Doorglass Incorporated, that's D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. Uh, oh, they're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory, combined with their years of experience, make them the premier source for installation and repair. Oh, they approach every project with the same goals. Uh, professionalism. Uh, integrity. And when it comes to secretly preparing yourself against the post-apocalyptic world where a bunch of uh, religious fanatics come after you and you don't want them to know that you're preparing to get against them, uh, they're discreet. What do they do? Uh, commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors. That's important during a post-apocalyptic scenario. Installation, repair, and they also design and build, which is the most important because you could say, I want them to be these glass walls be 20 feet high. But I also want to get a lot of sunlight in. I want to be able to feel like I'm still outside watering my, gla uh, my grass without uh, having to feel like I'm in an enclosed space. And I'm sure Door Glass Incorporated will be able to say, well, we got, we got uh, UV-resistant kind of glass. You know, you're not going to hurt your eyes or have it uh, kind of magnifying glass on you. We hit the corner of the two glass walls in this entire glass enclosed space where it's going to just, like, amplify and then burn your house down. Uh, they'll figure it all out for you. Their clients... Pottery Barn, Williams Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is a sandwich, uh, sandwich shop nobody cares about, uh, the Salt Cave, which is a place in Minneapolis where you can go do uh, just dumb middle-aged people shit like yoga and hot yoga and meditating, and I'm sure they let you bring your paddleboard in so you can stand on it and do yoga on your paddleboard in an enclosed space. But the benefit is that there's salt 
Himalayan salt walls everywhere with lights behind it to make it seem all ethereal and cool. Uh, that's uh, kind of seems like a crappy environment to be in, and I'm sure that the people that go there are not people that I'd want to associate with. Uh, uh, but the one thing that they definitely make sure that you know on their website is do not touch the walls. Whatever you do, don't touch the walls. I know you paid a lot of money to be in there. The whole point is you want to touch the glowing bricks. Don't touch them. If you touch them, I swear to God, they'll cut your goddamn face. Uh, and uh, lastly, Applebee's. With that, I'm all worked into a lather right now. Uh, this is a short story, so let's take a little break. Why don't we, um, I don't know, feel a little frisky. Uh, reading about these religious fanatics makes me kind of get <laughs> a little sexually excited. Why don't we go up to the bedroom, up to the master bedroom, where we can read about the newest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. All right, hold on, I'm coming. Jesus, these peanut butter sandwiches don't make them... What the hell are you wearing? You're wearing some kind of gray leotard. Just this formless... You stuck cotton in certain areas of your body to make you formless. Are you wearing uh, some kind of pantyhose over your face? So I can't make out the features of your face. Why are you doing that? I get it, you're a formless blob. Why the... Oh, uh, the book. You're pointing at the book on my beautiful circular waterbed in my master bedroom. Fine. Uh, Mr. Wrong Number by Lynn Painter. Oh, uh, Lynn Painter's on tour. That's great. Uh, things get textual when a steamy message from a random wrong number turns into an anonymous relationship. In Oh, anonymous. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're just like my old co-worker whose story I'm reading today. That's disturbing, and you've just sexualized my old co-worker, which is going to make me, uh, the rest of the story that I read, uh, uncomfortable. In this hilarious rom-com by Lynn Painter, bad luck has always followed Olivia Marshall. Or maybe she's just the screw-up her family thinks she is. But when I, uh, what are you wearing? Text comes uh, from a random wrong number turns into the hottest, most entertaining L, uh, albeit anonymous relationship of her life. Uh, there it is. Your suit is fantastic. She thinks things might be on the upswing. Colin Beck has always considered Olivia his best friend's annoying little sister, but when she moves in with them after one of the worst runs of luck, uh, she realizes she's turned into an altogether different and sexier distraction. Oh, he's sure he can keep his distance until the moment he discovers she's the irresistible Miss Mizadol? Mizadol? M-I-S-D-I-A-L? Miss Dial? Oh, Miss Dial! Wouldn't it be Miss-Dial? Why would it be one word, Miss-Dial? Okay, well, that was weird. Uh, he's <laughs> been sort of sexting for weeks, and now he has to decide whether to turn the heat up or ghost her before things get messy. Now I'm going to look up Miss-Dial. Uh, Miss-Dial definition. Miss-Dial Miss Dub, this is the way you spell it. Why is that blowing my mind right now? Uh, to dial a person incorrectly. M-I-S-D-I-A-L. Why do I feel like it's two words? Or with a dash in between? Weird. Apparently in my mind, I've been creating my own English language. Because this 
blew my mind. It completely threw me off my tracks. Uh, praise for this books. Smart, sexy, downright hilarious, uh, Mr. Wrong Numbers, and absolutely pitch-perfect romantic comedy, says Christine Lauren, international best-selling author of The Unhoneymooners. Uh, this book made me burst out laughing while on the treadmill, and I almost lost my balance and fell to my demise. Uh, here's someone that's kind of showy in their own review. So, period, don't read it while running on the treadmill, because you, in all caps, will explode with laughter at Olivia's terrible luck, and you will absolutely swoon over Colin, and you will definitely fall in love with the two of them and root for them with all your heart. Uh, one of my favorite rom-coms. Heavy on the calm, in quotes, and steamy on the rom, says Jesse Q. Sorrento, author of Dial A for Aunties. Well, that's disturbing. Um, this is coming out in paperback on March 1st, 2022. Uh, you can pre-order it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, and Walmart. Well, with that, I am completely not in any way, shape, or form aroused by your formless outfit. So why don't you please put your normal clothes back on and we'll go back down to the library and finish reading the rest of this story. Oh, there you are. Took you long enough. You're, you're wearing normal clothes again, but you're still wearing the stocking over your face. What's wrong with you? Don't you want people to like you? <sighs> Anyways, uh, back to the story. Luke's trying to talk everyone out of uh, killing him and says, uh, I mean, if I'm an unbeliever, uh, you're wasting your time and they all echo unbelievable. So he says, uh, uh, sorry, said Luke as the mob started moving in. I mean a non-believer. Non-believer, echoed the mob, again, stopping and raising their right hands in unison to point at Luke. Ah, oh, for gosh sake, said Luke as the mob started moving in. Uh, disbeliever? Disbeliever, echoed the mob, again, uh, stopping and raising their right hands in unison to point at Luke. Really? Uh, ha, Luke mumbled. The mob started moving forward. Uh, okay, I mean, if somebody doesn't believe in what you believe in, and here Luke paused to see if they were going to stop, raise their right hands in unison, and say, eh, do, doesn't believe in what we believe in. But they didn't. Oh, so he continued. Uh, wouldn't it be so much more meaningful a sacrifice to, he hesitated. Nah, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, so embarrassing. Can't remember the name of the uh, eldritch horror that you want to, uh, sacrifice me to uh, uh, Cthulhu, said Patty. Oh, Cthulhu, said the mob. Right, uh, right, Cthulhu, said Luke. I'm, I'm sure uh, you could kill me and drink my blood with these Dixie cups here. He grabbed a package of Dixie cups uh, with playful little pink kittens <laughs> on them from the side uh, shelf next to him. And he shook them at the mob. But really, what kind of blood is the blood of an un uh, I mean, uh, a person who doesn't believe in what you believe compared to the blood of a believer? Wouldn't it, uh, wouldn't it be uh, so much more meaningful to Cthulhu if you sacrifice someone whose blood dripped with rock-solid faith in the eldritch horror instead of weak. Yeah, yeah. Diluted blood like someone like me. 
Wouldn't it be better to sacrifice someone who uh, actually believed in him? Ooh, the mob stared at Luke. Her? Tried Luke. The mob stared. It? Asked Luke. The mob continued to advance when suddenly the earth began shaking. Oh, a giant tentacle exploding from the floor of aisle six, pet and party goods. Uh, It waved occultishly, then grabbed the Dixie cups from Luke's hand and gave them to Patty. He's right, said the Cyclopean voice of the Eldritch Horror. Oh, it sounded like a hornet's buzzing, snakes hissing, and, uh, and cockroaches uh, scuttling across the ceramic floor. Uh, I would actually prefer the blood of a believer to that of a, an unbeliever. Unbeliever, echoed the mob, raising their right stop, roared Cthulhu. Windows and lights shattered. Bags of dog food became sentient and trotted away. Lambian shapes appeared out of the mist. Half the mob fainted. Uh, That's so annoying. The conscious half of the mob lowered their hands, dot, 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 in unison. As I was saying, uh, uh, give me the uh, the blood of a believer, said Cthulhu, his tentacle sinking back into a a a squamous, uh, unnameable shore, the floor knitting itself back together, and make it quick, I'm famished. Well, the mob looked at each other, uh, unsure what to do next. Well, said Luke, this doesn't really have anything to do with me now, so uh, uh, I'll, I'll be going. And he walked toward the front of the store, past the mob, and grabbed a Three Musketeers bar by the registers. On his way out, he stopped briefly at the sliding doors to listen to the mob shouting, uh, then screaming behind him, Patty believes more than I ever did. Bob was the one who told me about Cthulhu in the first place. Uh, I only started believing ten minutes ago. Uh, not sure I actually believe in him anymore. With a big, shit-eating grin, Luke ripped off the candy bar wrapper and began eating the chocolate nougat goodness as he walked out into the parking lot where he was uh, quickly devoured by a, a Nyrtholotep. Nyrlathotep. God damn it. Why would he do this to me? Now I'm looking it up. I gotta figure out how to pronounce Nyrlathotep. Can I pronounce it? H.P. Lovecraft with, uh, no, there's no, there's no pronunciations. All right, fine, moving on. As, as far as I'm concerned, the official pronunciation of this creature is Nair Lathrotep. Uh, don't care much who believes in me as long as they're tasty, said Nair Lathrotep to himself. That Cthulhu always was a picky eater. Nair Lathrotep turned away and belched a sceptral clothonian belch. Ew, he said. Antiduviantly nougat. Is it antiduviantly? Why is he doing this in his story? He's killing me. (laughs) I'm sure he's picking these phrases because they have a lot to do with the author. Let's, uh, let's find out. Antideluvian. Oh, antideluvianly. My God. Well, that's the end of the story. <laughs> Why don't we go back to the uh, the smoking room and review what we just read? Ah, well, welcome. Uh, good luck smoking this pipe with that damn thing over your face. Uh, why don't we talk about what we just read here today? Just take off the stocking. It just, you're not cool. Okay, I get it. You like to f- mess with me. Just take it off and smoke this pipe with me as we recapped this uh, story. What did uh, 
What did we learn here? Uh, or what did we find? It, uh, the story is about a man named Luke, not related to Luke Skywalker, which is a weird little connection that uh, turned out not to mean anything, at least that I picked up on. I'm not the brightest man in the world, though. Uh, and he's dealing with a, a, a cultish mob following him into the Piggly Wiggly. And so he's trying to reason with them about how they don't have to kill him for their weird Lovecraftian god. They can do somebody else. Uh, and he's really trying to say, like, wouldn't the blood be sweeter if it was uh, from somebody that actually believes in this crap? Uh, and lucky for him, uh, Cthulhu actually rises from the ground over by the dog stuff and uh, and makes all of the dog food sentient, which I thought was pretty funny. And then uh, and then says, yeah, I want one of you guys. Oh, that'd be delicious. And uh, then they start arguing with themselves. Um, uh, other gods pipe in, uh, but, you know, he doesn't really care. Uh, so in the end... Uh, 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 he, he walks out free as they fight amongst themselves. Um, maybe he didn't have a big point with this. It seems like it's kind of like a weird snap kind of end of the world thing where random people that were living normal life just suddenly believe in these Lovecraftian gods. Uh, what's good? I thought it was funny. I liked it. and I liked that the... Uh, the, the the arguments with the cult leaders, and I like that the gods even stepped in to pipe in their own little uh, petty opinions. Uh, what sucks? Um, throwing in a completely different Lovecraftian god that I'm not familiar with, so I don't know how to pronounce. That pissed me off. What else pissed me off? The fact that I couldn't pronounce the word antediluvian. Uh, that one threw me off. I guess it's because he did it in a weird way. So that it, it, what the hell, you pretentious pile of shit? What do we learn? Mysterious men that you once to work with that write stories that uh, you haven't uh, talked to in person or or seen face to face in uh, like twenty years uh, uh, can make complicated shit that just pisses you off. So with that, uh, go ahead, go back to his. Uh, it makes sense now. His website called uh, versamilitudino.us. Go read his stuff, even though you, good luck trying to type in that URL. This guy loves fucking with people. So uh, go do that and uh, and go read more of his stuff. I've read his other things. As he, every time he pulls one out, once every couple of months, I check it out. And I always enjoy his work. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening. And I will see you next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, 
And since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's gotta be one left. 